0: Welcome to the Petcash Pod. I'm your host, Andrew Petcash. This is the 40th episode in my series where I interview founders, investors, and the smartest people in sports. Today's guest is David Ortiz, CEO and co-founder of SimWin Sports, which is a Metaverse-style game with an array of big-time sports owners, including Magic Johnson, Jerry Rice, and LaMelo Ball. David has 20-plus years of experience in the gaming and digital industry, including being part of the team-building operations at Microsoft, EA Sports, Sony, and Warner Brothers. Before building SimWin, David successfully built and sold his last gaming startup, Deuces Digital, to iPro Games. This was an interesting conversation revolving around the worlds of Web3, AI, esports gaming, and where sports as a whole is headed. Let's dive in. David, appreciate you coming on today. Excited to uh, dive into SimWin, your background, and uh, have a good conversation today. Kind of at the forefront of what I like to call sports technology. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Andrew. So, David, kind of want to start here. You spent a handful of years in the esports sector, something like VR, AR, media, entrepreneurship, all kinds of different areas. You know, what was your thought process, and what was the opportunity you saw? Couple of years ago, to dive full into Simwin sports and, and everything you're doing there. Yeah, I mean,
1: I mean, I've been fortunate, man. This is the only real job I've had since I'm like 19 years old, other than like you know delivering pizza and working at GNC. So, like, this is you know what I've been doing you know from when I left school. So, I've had a chance to see new things as they come up, and it's just been the norm for my career is what's new, what's next, what's happening in and around gaming. When I I consider that fantasy sports. Real money gaming, etc., VR, AR—you you know, you name it. Anything in that space. And so, with SimWin, was very fortunate myself. You know, my partner Tom Getty, Josh Luman, uh, Andre Johnson—that we all had background in kind of traditional sports video game development. And Tom and I had experience in uh, fantasy sport as well. Tom is a former CMO of DraftKings, and before that, he and I did a fantasy sport company together. So. You know, with SimWin, it's kind of a culmination of all of our experience and and backgrounds and just having a chance to build something. I mean, this is the kind of stuff we were talking about, you know, at lunch, you know, building this kind of world of sport for like for decades, man. <laughs> We've been wanting to do this thing. So um, it's just kind of perfect timing of technology and opportunity.
0: Yeah. And give us, uh, before we start getting into the weeds a little bit, quick overview, quick rundown of what exactly you guys are building and, you know, your, I guess we'll call it like the elevator pitch of, of SimWin.
1: Sure. The most succinct way to put it, man, is we are a sports content and AI company, you know, with a very healthy Web3 component. And we have built this business so that we can provide sports content 24-7, 365. The purpose of that is with, you know, digital sports content happening 24-7, 365, we can fill all the gaps that traditional sports can't fill because they're based on human athletes kicking a ball, throwing a ball, catching a ball, right? And we love that we 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 will want to see that be there forever and at the same time though we know that based on you know behaviors passions the way people consume content now it's digital it's bingeable music movies video games online poker slots you name it and so we want to be able to provide the sports league the sports leagues that provide live content all the time that all the fun stuff you can do around traditional sports you can do around our content
0: yeah and you you brought up a few words there from ai web3 some of these uh, people we'll call buzzwords or some words that might scare some people off, some words that might really excite certain people. You know, how are you explaining this? How are you, you know, making it very easily digestible for whether it's an investor, a new fan, a new customer, a new client partnership, whatever it is, to kind of take those and then simplify it down to everyday language? Man, very carefully, quite, quite <laughs> frankly,
1: because you're right, like there's definitely stuff we've been doing before it was it was sexy that now people are like oh you should be doing this we're like yeah we've been doing that for <laughs> about three years now it just takes time to build or you know this makes us nervous for X reason or how are you guys solving this problem with a community that you know is they you know they're not sure where the data and the information is coming from and so you know some of the ways and things we do are one just try to help people try to get people to understand, From the most basic perspective, think about what you already experience in traditional professional sports in terms of as a viewer, as a consumer, as an advertiser, you know, think about those things. We've tried to take every single aspect that we can, bring it over into our metaverse, bring it over into our AI, and then just provide you with the same type of experience you're already getting, but do it for you all the time. And do it for you digitally. That's where we keep trying to come back to folks. Is like, all right, well think about it. if you know, if it were, you know, Tuesday and you wanted to be able to watch football, or you wanted to be able to watch soccer, what would that experience be like for you? What would you do in fantasy sport or cricket? You know what's it like for you? Yep. Well, we provide that. Well, what would you know if you were you know an agent? You owned you know you were a partnership with a player, and you were developing a player. What kind of things would you expect to happen? If you were an athlete, and you moved to no pro career. What kind of things are natural for you to expect to happen? We do all of that, but we do it with AI and we do it with tech. And then you know the other pieces for people who are doing DFS or ultimately you know as we license our data to real money gaming companies, what kinds of things are customers are going to run into where they're like, ah, oh, man, how do I trust that? How do I don't know the fix isn't in. And so the big thing we try to stress to people is we are not a betting company. We don't take bets. We will license our data to sportsbooks and casinos, but our goal is to operate as a very functional and transparent league. And so we do different things in our presentation. If you go to our site, you'll see things like after big plays like sacks and touchdowns, we roll stats up on the screen and show people what's happening underneath the hood because we always want to stay as transparent as possible so that you know no one ever has to question why do those things happen to the game and they can feel comfortable? there's a there's a generation of people who are already very comfortable with this. and then there's the in-between generation where we need we know we need to bring them along and um, and help them feel comfortable and not be and not be nervous. But if you can let a car drive you on the freeway next to a semi and arc itself, you know and not worry about running somebody over, you're probably pretty safe trusting an online uh,
0: game. so. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And it is fun, at least for me, I guess, kind of the younger generation, we're always used to new things constantly coming at us. So it's like, even right now, I'm diving full into AI before it was web three. And and you talked about that piece in there a little bit, both of them, actually, you know, any misconceptions or certain things, whether about AI or web three or data or anything that, that you guys are doing that people just maybe are viewing wrong, or there's just maybe just the space as a whole where it's like, to you building in it for so long, you're like, nah, that's that's a misconception. That's not what's really going on. That's not where it's really going.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I wouldn't want to take on all the challenges of the day and like us be the, you know, the like the tip of the spear to say like, we solve all problems <laughs> in AI and web three. Like, I don't want us to, I don't want us to have that responsibility. What I will say is this, like we use the technology for its benefits and these things are happening whether people you know are ready for it or not this is the future it's like you can't you can't hide from it you know i'm sure there was a time where people were really really scared of atm cards and my money is not in my hand right you know um things like that um things like apple pay people were f- f- freaked out about that so you know i look at how we use web3 how we use ai right. and it's I feel like we're pioneering, but at the same part, it's a natural part of the evolution of what it's going to take to experience, experience sports, experience entertainment and experience content. So, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is just continuing to use things in the smart way as they're, as a, I think a lot of the technology was really intended to be used and, um, you know, and hopefully people just experience things, give themselves a chance
0: to be open and be like, oh wow, it's pretty cool. So. Yeah. And off that, what excites you the most kind of about the space and where it's headed?
1: I mean, well, I think for us specifically, um, well, obviously, anytime there's rebounds in markets and things like that, I get happy because it's like all right, people, people will relax and people will get excited. I think for us, you know, we're excited that we're bringing something to the table that has real use and that is really like it's just really transparent how and what we're doing and why we're doing it. So I get excited about that. I get excited. Um, just you know, I'm extremely passionate about sport as is our whole team. I used to get excited about being able to just be around sports all the time. I get bummed out when seasons end, you know? I get bummed out when, you know, you're waiting around for that. There's like this lull of every season, right? Our days of the week are like, well, I have free time now, but there's no games on. Like, I just get excited about us being able to be a part of kind of the overall community of entertainment, like, what we've experienced with being able to binge shows now. And that's a, a pretty good part. Like some new content comes out. You're like, great, I'm gonna go and watch. I know what I'm doing this weekend. I'm watching all of this, right? Being able to provide people that level of engagement around fantasy sport and around sports collection and ultimately realm and gaming, those types of things, just fandom in general, sports fandom in general, those, those are the things that excite me, becoming a part of, you know, our goal, becoming a part of the culture of how people entertain themselves.
0: Yeah, and you speak of like filling the gaps, and and I'm especially feeling the same thing. Now it's like football, like NFL ended, March Madness, like I love that ended. Now I'm like dipping into golf a little bit. I watched a sport fishing championship like a week ago. There's all these new leagues, which is cool. You know, from your perspective, obviously you got to create a business out of this as well. And you spoke about the metaverse, and I'm sure there's advertising in that. But, you know, how like are you building the business model out of this? What are the revenue streams and the different options that you guys can do and turn on to you know, create the business out of it, not just the you know the entertainment to fill these gaps.
1: Sure. So a few different things. I mean, for one, it's you know with these games running all the time, it gives us a chance to, both from a b to c perspective as well as even a b to b perspective, it gives us the ability to provide content so people can show up and watch and participate in daily fantasy. So I mean, I think daily fantasy is a very obvious you know revenue stream opportunity for mm-hmm. us. The selling of teams. I mean, we've been able to go out and sell teams to really interesting and compelling people and companies. That's a revenue stream for us. Ultimately, when we do our NFT drop, selling the players to general consumer, so they can, you know, own a player and participate in the ecosystem as a as a player owner and agent. Then, in addition, as these games are streaming. Mm-hmm. We've built in some really cool things ourselves initially, and then with our partner, Bitstack in in-game advertising in a way that is really, I think um, pretty strong and uh, and 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 pretty uh, forward thinking. And so there's some really cool things we're gonna be doing there and that already work, right? So it's a matter of filling the channel with uh, with content. So while you're watching an experience, instead of us cutting to a commercial break, you know while players are milling about and getting ready for the next play, you're able to experience advertising. So, That's another revenue stream for us. We have an in play prediction system that we'll be doing as well. So you show up on that one game that's streaming, you could do your DFS, but you can also follow along with in play, which is real time ability to make predictions on what's going to happen on the very next play. You know, from the simple things like, you know, it's going to be a runner pass to it's going left, right, middle to which specific player is going to make the tackle or make the catch. So stuff like that and then of course we have the ability to monetize through people investing in the growth of their digital player so all these things we can generate revenue around and then ultimately we can take all of this content that we built all this you know cool sports tech put it on a separate server that has nothing to do with any kind of real money gaming and allow people to participate from creating their own you know amateur teams and and growing players that way ultimately feed them in the pipeline of the system and everything we've done, we've done with so much customizability that essentially, you know, yeah. we could darn near be like a Minecraft or a Roblox for, for sports gaming. Um, so a lot of ways for us to take this tech, these tools and this content and, and monetize it.
0: Yeah, and you spoke of the team ownership in there a little bit. And for, for people that don't know, I know you guys have put some of it in the headlines, but like Magic Johnson, LaMelo Ball, Jerry Rice, and there's a bunch of others that uh, they're owners in the SimWin metaverse or, or whatever you guys are calling it. You know, what got them excited about the opportunity not just from like a financial perspective but also like hey i want to own a team in this uh
1: you know in this new world i think if you especially like even with the three people you just mentioned and then some other companies like Animoca, and you know some of the other partners we have uh, authentic brands group with alan iverson and you know um i think if you look at all these you know these groups and these people they're they're thought leaders themselves they're people who are used to kind of performing and, and being at the top of of their field and their experience or just being innovators in general. Um, LaMelo's gotta be one of the most exciting young players in the league, bar none, right? And when you look at the collabs he does with like Rick and Morty and some other stuff, those things always perform very well. So I think, and for him, I think he's just the kind of guy who just likes to be a part of, you know, cool new stuff and type of stuff he himself would engage in. And so he's definitely got that that young mentality of, you know, I wanna, I wanna be involved in cool stuff. So that for me is like an awesome endorsement. Somebody like Magic Johnson, an absolute, Business mega mind, right? I mean, naturally, you know, in my opinion, greatest point guard easily of all time. You know, one of the, in any conversation, I would say top five, if not top two uh, basketball players of all time. But, you know, he's a person who looks at business and says, okay, sure, there's an opportunity there, but this is innovation. And I think um, so many of the things you've watched him do over his career tied to that. I think others like a Jerry Rice and, you know, a Marshall Falk. They like you know, being associated with greatness. They like doing great things, and think we're poised to do something pretty special. I think that's what attracts these guys. Not to mention, you know, having this next generation of of people really understand, you know, their talent and seeing them compete. You know, in this metaverse—it's um—it blows my mind sometimes that some of the things that we just naturally understand about the greatest ever to play the game, and um, now it's just like, oh yeah, it's it's, it's secondhand. But sports fans today—they watch sports a little differently. Like I used to watch you know um you know all kinds of stuff of like retired players even when i was a kid because i just one that was the content that was available but two it was just like i was so into the sport now i think people are aware of the players that play currently they don't necessarily know the history and so when we can blend what we're doing currently with these digital players that they'll own as well as with the lineup of superstars i think it's gonna be pretty cool
0: yeah and you guys uh it's just football american football at this point right
1: to start but we're already in development on soccer and basketball and cricket as well we'll do boxing we'll do racing we'll do hockey we'll do baseball but uh right now american football is is live in in beta and then soccer is very close on its heels as is basketball and and cricket is you know leapfrogging some things because there's so much demand and passion both from strategic partners and then also when we just look at the market in general you know cricket is really blowing up
0: yeah cricket's taking off for sure i uh Honestly, a couple of years ago, I, I wasn't very familiar at all. And now it feels like every conversation I have, it's somehow some way coming up, which is cool to see. And obviously coming to America as well, which uh, will we'll probably really take it off in the Western world now. You know, how do you see this strategy progressing? You know, how are you planning to, to penetrate some of these key markets in these new sports and take what you've already built and now expand it into other verticals?
1: I mean, it all comes down, I think, to strategic partners. And so we're having some some good confidential conversations with strategic partners in some of these other sports and and other territories. You know, we, we, we know and understand American football really well. Between, you know, some of the owners we have, we're really well positioned to have ambassadors in both American football and in basketball. We're developing rapidly some cool partnerships on the soccer front. And with cricket, we are neck deep in conversations with, you know, three or four, you know, really, really smart players and groups when I say players, I mean like you know op, people operating that space in groups that really understand sport, understand its impact, have done good business in that space already, and are super passionate. So I think it's just about having great strategic partners is how we're going to penetrate some of these areas. Well,
0: yeah. And what about internationally? What's I'm sure some of these sports is that international perspective as well. It just comes down to partners as well. Yeah.
1: No, I mean that's exactly you know what I'm what I'm talking about is you know for sports like cricket, sports like soccer you know, rather than trying to solve all these things or be arrogant enough to think, oh, this is going to be easy. We're just going to, we're like, nope. At any chance, we have an opportunity to partner with someone who's been there, is already successful, understands the audience, understands the culture, more important, you know, that's that's who we want to work with. And those are the conversations we're having right now.
0: Yeah, and I know this is just a small niche component of it, but if you look at the American football team owners, it's all mostly basketball or uh, football players. When you go and have like cricket teams or soccer teams, are you going to be targeting you know, the soccer players for, for the soccer teams, cricket for cricket, or, you know, what's that crossover currently looking like from the team ownership perspective in someone?
1: Yeah, I mean, we want people that are gonna to relate to the audience. I think it's, it's a big help, you know, just like when we jump on this call and we're talking about people like Jerry Rice or Marshall Falk or Magic or LaMelo, like instantly football, basketball, fans get that. And so we wanna have those same type of partners that are relevant to those communities for soccer. And for, uh, for cricket and, you know, we're, we're well on our way there. Some of the stuff we're doing in the background to pull that off, but yeah, that's, you know, that's exactly what we're going to do.
0: Yeah. And any, uh, obviously you, you cover multiple different industries with really one product, one company, you know, any trends that you're kind of seeing in any of the spaces that you think some more people should be paying attention to, or or certain ones that are just really interesting to you and how they're playing out.
1: You know, man, um, I don't want to give, you know, any, any free ideas out there. (laughs) So, you know, yeah. um but uh, i mean i think obviously a lot of people are are focused on things that are ai related right now i think we're one of the few that are showing the practical application and what that means i mean but beyond yeah. that i mean the trends i'm excited about and and um and i'm happy with is more and more often you're hearing pro clubs like you know established incumbent clubs talking about their forays into web 3. There forays into things related to technology and gaming, and them embracing that. I think you, over the last few years, you saw sports clubs start to bring on esports teams, especially a lot of the Premier League clubs bringing on an esports team representative. Saw the NBA move, you know, pretty strong in that direction too with some of the things they've done. And so I think that gets me excited. I think a lot of the leagues understand, and the sports community understands that digital sports aren't going anywhere. People's passion for them aren't going anywhere. We're trying to evolve what that means, but they're very, very, you know, they've seemed to accept the fact that their future audience, you know, and their current audience is there and they're going to continue to be there. So anytime you have those, those powerful, you know, uh, traditional clubs getting involved and engaged, it only spells well for, you know, companies like ours and, and groups that are also going to, Look to be in the space to you know have a have a an easier opportunity to work with marketers because they when they see and you know, they kind of follow the dollars of the big clubs and when they see them getting comfortable they get comfortable too.
0: Yeah, and uh, just kind of talking on the the growth there a little bit as well. You guys have done some a few fundraising rounds. You know what what excited actual like the actual investors in the company of what you guys are doing and what they saw and they're like okay we want to be a part of this.
1: Yeah, I mean I think these guys one of the benefits we have feel like could, some of our investors, like, you know, like an Animoca or, you know, a few others or a Magic Johnson, or, you know, we've got some other smaller in name investors, but, you know, big and both where they sit in our cap table as well as our vision. I think that one of the coolest things is they get pitched a lot, right? Mm-hmm. They, get, they get pitched all the time and they see so many different things. And so for them to say, yeah, yeah of all the things we're seeing and that are being thrown at us, this is a place where we want to, you know, we want to, we want to engage and, and be a part of. That's really that's really exciting, and then in the midst of this probably most challenging market in the history of markets to go out and 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 re-raise capital and grow and things like that, and we're out there um, for us to still be getting you know the kind of warm reception from people is 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 pretty cool. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing that you know endorse what we've gotten is that people are seeing so many different things being thrown at them, and you know we we are still you know garnered a lot of interest. More importantly, we've got something that they can look, see, and touch. It, was, it took a lot of bravery for some of our investors who jumped in back when we were a concept, and we were building, but now that they can actually see this thing working, it's it's getting easier and it's, it's getting more exciting. And we're, we're pleased, uh, though, the whole kind of, obviously, as everyone knows, there were some challenges that happened on the Web3 side for the industry across the board. And you know some folks kind of coming into the market with things that weren't really baked. And just rushing stuff out there and it, it confuses investors on what's real and what's just noise but um fortunately you know we um you know we've been around and we're not going anywhere and you know people can see that we're building you know we're building real tech we're building real products and quality is our prior our priority and so um it's been pretty cool
0: yeah when you speak of the web three and you say like real versus what's kind of more just a fad you know what? What are some of those things that that maybe were a fad, and then what are some of the ones that are, are like here, and they might have cooled down a little, but they're here to stay for the long term.
1: Well, I mean, I think Animal has done a good job of kind of picking groups to back that are going to stick around for a while. I think um, you know companies like Autograph and you know and Dapper. I think they're doing smart stuff that's going to stick around too. You know, Autograph is a, is a group that we. We work with and you know we're excited about what they're doing. Dapper, companies like Immutable, um, these groups are all groups that we really believe in what they're doing and um and and they're gonna be here for the long haul. Um and then you saw other stuff that people came in with with you know just throwing anything that they could, you know, grab a JPEG of and throwing it up there and saying, hey, this is the future. And you know, I, I remember being approached by teams that say, hey, we want to bring you on as an advisor. We're gonna we're going to drop, you know, our, 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 you know, our JPEG. Um, we're going to drop our NFT and then we'll get a game team. And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really work like that, guys. I know you, I know you think game development's that simple, but it doesn't like, well, we have a couple bucks. We'll, we'll just pull on a game team and whatever. And it's like, and it was, you know, it's, man, it's, 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 it was insulting. Number one, like just so many people just thought it's so easy to just, you know, it's like tomorrow if someone just says, well, I've got a couple bucks. I'll make, you know, a great movie. It's like, it's going to happen because I have a couple bucks. It's like, no, you know, it's just not that, it's not that simple. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff we're seeing phase out. People with those kinds of approaches, just kind of quick cash grabs for, for, you know, throwing up an NFT or throwing up a token or something like that, where, you know, people are really, you know, bunkering down and looking at. What's the right kind of thing to build and can it have longevity and value? So it's refreshing to see that starting to happen.
0: Yeah, and on the game development or esports side, obviously some of the professional teams have had a hard time. You know, What, what are you guys seeing in that space or what's, what's kind of here to stay on that and where is that all going? Because it seems like that space is going through a, some transformation as well at the same time as Web3
1: yeah no i think there's there's challenges there but at the same time like i'm always going to be super passionate about seeing esports be successful you know just because as a uh, gaming is you know outside of sports you know the only thing i've known my whole life that is like just really really fun and consistent and you know in your life you know to to get a family and stuff like that which is awesome but you know you know when i'm thinking about being a young person all the way through till now it's like gaming is is, is huge. And so, you know, I really want to see sports be successful. I think maybe part of the challenge that the industry has had is just just figuring out some of the things that traditional sports has already been able to solve. Um, and just from years and years of doing it, I think people forget, man, that traditional sports, you know, packing a stadium, that kind of thing for the leagues that are running, they've gone through a lot of growth and a lot of changes. They, these leagues have been around for, you know, in some cases, over a hundred years. So they didn't just wake up overnight to have five billion dollar valued, you know, teams. Right? It, it's it's taken time to get there. There was a time when people watched more college football than they did pro football, and then you know, baseball was the biggest sport, you know, in the country. And all these things, you know, all these things change. So esports, I think, is going to be fine. Some of the, you know, people who put money and capital in just have to be have to be patient. Right, But I think what's going to happen is from an ownership side and from a participation side, it's going to find this groove of people who are in it because they're passionate. I mean, when you look at owners, team owners and potential team owners, like a Magic Johnson, like a Mark Cuban, like a Jerry Jones, those dudes are not going anywhere because they love sport. They're into it no matter if they if those guys weren't making a dime, Jerry Jones is still coaching. I mean, not coaching, but still running yeah. a football team. Yeah. You're right, because he's super passionate about it. Esports, as it continues to mature, is going to find – those owners who have come through the games industry or have come through being successful gamers that are gonna be the ones that are backing teams permanently. And because of that, it's not gonna go anywhere. It's just, it's gonna go through its growing pains like everything else.
0: Yeah, no, that's good perspective. I mean, I even have internally, I, I made, I haven't released it yet, but just kind of a graph of how long sports get got to where it is today. And then over the last like four years, it's almost seems like as much has happened in four years as has happened in 40, 80 years. Uh, so it's pretty wild. and Yeah, it's pretty wild to see. Well, David, appreciate you coming on. This has uh, been a fun one.